We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Ryan, let's talk about our main topic. And obviously it's going to be a little bit of a shortened version today, but I do think there's some important things to talk about, especially when you talk about the Notre Dame offense. And when we've discussed this before, we've said this before, you've heard us make this, this theme, this, mm-hmm. this kind of sentiment. And that is to be a great team, to be a playoff team, to be a championship caliber team, you have to have star players. To reach your potential as a football program, even bigger picture than that, your stars need to play like stars. For Notre Dame on defense, we know who those names are. We'll discuss those tomorrow. For the offense, it's a little bit more of projection-based beyond a couple guys. And so it's partly the guys you know have to be what we think you're going to be. The guys that we have confidence in have to step up pretty much early. And then they need some guys to, to break out that maybe we're not expecting. Like, who went into 2020 and said, Kyron Williams is going to be a guy that's going to battle for ACC player of the year, right? All American running back. Now thought Kyron's going to do a nice job, but I had what four carries the year before. So Kyron was a breakout star in 2020. They don't make the playoff. If Kyron doesn't become a breakout star in 2020, Liam Eikenberg, who was good for a number of years, broke out as a star in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. They had that, kind of thing break out and then of course the guys that you had that were you know supposed to be good you know played well so then you kind of come into the season and this year you're looking at it and saying well who are those guys on offense who are the stars that need to play like stars and it begins in one easy place we won't talk about him much because we we've talked about him a lot lately Ryan and that's Michael Mayer and and you know they need Michael Mayer to be a guy they need him to be the dude this year, they need him to be the alpha, whatever the case may be, on and off the field. He needs to be a leader off of it and he needs to be a baller on it. And that includes improving his game and production and continuing to draw defenses to right. him, which means sometimes his production may not be there, but it's still a dude because of what he's doing to the other defense. They're tuned to the defense. So they need Michael Mayer to be a star this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm going to start with the easy stuff, and then I'm going to say a, 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 maybe a hot take. I don't know if it'll be if it'll be perceived as that, but Notre Dame is your uh, Notre Dame. Michael Mayer is your most proven offensive player coming back to Notre Dame this year, right? Sure. So you know that he is a stud. He's a star. He's an All American caliber player. He needs to produce as such. He's the guy mm-hmm. that we are very up. Uh, we are very. We are very. We're very confident, right? Lorenzo Styles. I don't. I don't know right. why that word didn't come to my mind. We're very confident. That You're Lorenzo still fired Styles up about that. Oh, that that article from ESPN. I know. Yeah, I can my, see my, it. My, my mind. It, it's so much clickbait that it had my mind going in twenty different directions. So we're optimistic that Lorenzo Styles is going to be a really good player. We're optimistic that Brayden Lindsey, in the, for the volume he gets, can be a really good player. We're optimistic that Avery Davis, and for the most part, we're. We're very it's it's a very understandable thing that like we expect Avery Davis to be a good football player, dependent upon the health, everything. But those a couple of those players are still question marks, right? Like we've been talking about Brayden Lindsay for years, still waiting on that ultimate breakout. Lorenzo Styles is going into his sophomore year of college. We're hoping that he is the guy that we think he can be. I believe he will be. But the fact of the matter is, is that Michael Mayer is the absolute known commodity on this offense from a skill position Mm -hmm. playmaking perspective. We know that he is going to be a dude as a player upside as a blocker. If he's able to put kind of that, all of it together, he's going to be a two round. He's going to be a two way tight end. That's going to go in the first round. Like that's what he can be. Mm -hmm. My ultimate, my other opinion, Brian, is that Michael Mayer is the most natural player as far as being a leader of this offense, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because I think that people are going to look to him and that he's kind of, he's a dude, man. And he's been a dude for a couple of years and they can easily look at him and say, I mean, he just leads by example and he plays a type of style where I want to emulate that. I want to be that type of dude. I want to play as hard as he does. I want to make those types of plays in the big moments. So I think that he, not as big as his production, because his production is is very neat sure. and it's very important. But I think the biggest thing for me is that I think Michael Mayer has the most upside of being the leader, not only on this offense, but on this team. Like I think he has that type of upside and they need that leadership. They need to know who is their guy when there's a big moment, when they need a big play, who is the guy that they can count on. And I think that that is Michael Mayer, which makes it, you know, ultimate star, right? Because it's not only from a star from, the production side of everything, it's a star when not everybody's looking at you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing after practice? What are you doing in the in the weight room? What are you doing in extra film sessions? Those types of things, I think, is what makes Michael Mayer 
maybe the most important player on this roster. And it is even far past just the production he has on the field because I think that he's a guy that all players, whether they are seniors, freshmen, walk-ons, whatever, they'll all look to Michael Mayer and say, that's got to be our guy if we are going to be as good as we think we can be. You had mentioned something I thought was really fascinating, Ryan, and it was it reminded me of what Alex Bars had had said uh, to me a while ago. I think it was on one of our shows where he was talking about it might have been in an interview that that I did with him, but he was talking about in 2017 how Quentin set the tone not just for how they played on Saturday, but how they worked, and that you had to bring it every day because if not, Quentin was going to let you know about it. Sure. And we've heard similar things about Mayer, not in the same – he has a different personality. He's more of a fun-loving kind of guy, but he also works. You know, we've heard about him taking younger players under his wing and saying, hey, you're working out with me today, you know. And and, and I think – so in his way, he's got to do it his way, not Quentin's way, because Quentin, that's who Quentin was. You've got to do it how, in your personality. But I think that that is something that we have seen, and that's important. But then you've got to follow it up with you got to go continue to play well. You've got to make those tough catches that maybe sometimes you didn't make in the key moments last year, you know, and and which you talked about, like the Florida State game and dropping that ball and a couple other times. But, you know, and then when your production isn't there because it's because they're trying to take you out of the game, which is fine because it opens up a couple big shots for Brayden Lindsay or Lorenzo Styles or Avery Davis or Tobias or Jane Thomas or whoever else, or, you know, they put you in the boundary and have you run a quick post route knowing the defense is going to run with you and they – throw Chris Tyree up on a wheel route to the boundary because you're they're so focused on you. Well, hey, Michael Mayer got zero catches for zero yards in that play, but it was a 50-yard touchdown because of Michael Mayer. Those things need to be the case. And and that's kind of where, where I look at it and say he's got to be that guy. There's no doubt about it. The other guy that's got to be that guy is Jared Patterson. And and here's, a, here's an interesting take that I don't know if everyone will agree with because of his reputation. Jared Patterson has been a pretty inconsistent player for most of his career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There have been times when Jarrett Patterson looks really good, and you're like, that's a future All-American. But within each of those seasons, there's also times you're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're not playing well right now. I think a big part of that is he's, for a lot of his career, he's just not had good play around him. There hasn't been confidence in what's around you. Right. I think the 2020 season was interesting because he went into that season kind of growing and in, coming into his own. And, you know, he was he was going into his second year as a starter. There was a lot of expectations. You didn't know what the line was going to be. They really struggled in 2019. And I thought he started the season off a little slow. And then you had the COVID stuff. But then when he, when he got rolling, like up until the point he was injured, he was playing a really good football. And then last year he was really up and down. And I think a lot of that last year had to do with what was around him. It was a mess around them. Right. And right. that can have a big impact on the center. Well, going into this year, there's no excuses. You're 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 a guard. You're surrounded by pretty good players. It's your last year. They need Jarrett Patterson to consistently be a star. Now we've seen this happen, right? Like, you know, I think Mike McGlinchey was pretty good in 2016, but inconsistent. He was really good in 2015, but still inconsistent. First year in the starting lineup. 2017, Mike McGlinchey became a dude. I think Liam Eikenberg is a good comparison. Liam was pretty good at stretches in, in, in 18 and in 19. There were some times in Liam Eikenberg in certain games was their best offensive lineman. But he wasn't a star. He played like a star in 2020. He was, I would argue, his 2020 season 
from a consistency standpoint, was better than Ronnie Stanley or Mike McGlinchey's final years. He wasn't as dominant in stretches as they were because they were dominant at times. Liam gave up zero sacks that whole year. Ronnie Stanley gave up like four sacks in the year he was an All-American. Mike McGlinchey gave up like three or four sacks a year he was an All-American. Liam gave up zero. You know, he was just consistently really good. That's what I need to see from Jared Patterson. He doesn't need to be Mike McGlinchey 2017 as a fifth year breaking out. He doesn't need to be Ronnie Stanley breaking out in 2015. He doesn't need to be Quentin Nelson, who I thought was a star in 2016 and 2017 and 2015, really. I mean, he, he was a star all three of the years he played at Notre Dame, in my opinion. I just need him to be Liam Eikenberg in 2020, where I'm just yeah. going to be pretty darn good week after week after week after week after week. He's got to be that because he could be that stabilizing force that they need because for all the talent on the offensive line, there's still a lot of questions. What are the sophomore offensive linemen going to be? Is Josh Love going to be okay? Is Zeke Patterson, Zeke Carroll going to be able to handle center? They need to be able to count on one thing, and that is that every single week, Jarrett Patterson is going to answer the bell and play like that guy. That, to me, is, is, is arguably as important as anything else. I and mean, we're going to talk about the sophomores and all these other guys, but Jarrett Patterson has to be what people think he is this season, and that is consistently – an outstanding football player. I think that's very important. I'm glad that you mentioned that he's been a little inconsistent over his career because I do think that some people would disagree with that. But I will say this, Brian, just from my perspective, with not even covering the team for that incredibly long, just being a fan and just being a, in the NFL draft space, Jared Patterson has been talked about in NFL circles now for three years. You know, like I remember people were talking about him as a redshirt sophomore, like, oh, maybe he is good enough to come out at that point. And there's a reason that he is back now for his fifth year, right? Like, let's be honest about that. He could have come out last year, but he wasn't getting the – I don't think he was getting the feedback that he quite thought that he deserved. And he had the opportunity to play under Coach Eastan for a year, which is going to, I think, really take his game up to a different level. And, Brian, I mean, for me, I look at Jared Patterson, and I know you know people joke about me saying traits all the time, right? But mm-hmm. that dude has talent, man. I mean, right. he does. He's a good mover. He's an athletic kid. He's got a nice body frame for playing center guard. Like he, that's mm-hmm. what you want for the position. I think the upside is still tremendous with a Jared Patterson. I don't, and he gets kind of this misnomer where he's kind of, and this is in the NFL draft space for a second, that he's kind of like this finished product and he's solid, but unspectacular and all this type of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't think Jared Patterson's near his ceiling. I really don't. I think there's a lot more of what Jared Patterson can bring to this team and I think whether that is at center or whether that is a guard, I think that we have a chance to see the best of Jared Patterson because I personally don't think we've seen even close to it yet. I think that there mm-hmm. is a completely other ceiling that he can knock down right now. I think that he has a lot to prove, and I think that the experience is great, but I I just I have a feeling that we are going to see the absolute best version of Jared Patterson. And Notre Dame needs the best version of Jared Patterson because – we talk about these offensive tackles a ton, right? Awesome players. There is a, a no doubt, in my opinion, who is the most easiest leader on this offensive line, most natural leader, I should say. And that's Jared Patterson because right. he's literally the guy that has played the most football by a pretty large margin, right? So mm-hmm. they need him in both capacities. But most importantly, I think that we haven't even seen as good as – even close to as good as Jared Patterson can be as a player. I think on the offensive line, as we kind of move to the next part of this, I think I think we're getting into the whole after those two, those are the two only two established players that you could argue are 
stars or going into with the perception of being stars have played like that at because you for all the inconsistency I discussed about Jared Patterson, the reality is there are times when he's played like an All-American. There's times he where has, he's the best center in the in, in college, college football, football. The last two years. Yes. 100%, yep, absolutely. 100%. But he hasn't been the best center because he doesn't do it. Like Tyler Linderbaum at his best, to me, was not as good as Jared Patterson at his best. That's just my personal opinion. But Tyler Linderbaum was going to bring it every single week. You can count on that. There aren't any other players to me that have that where you could say they – showed star potential other than like you can look at a game. And I think that's a bad way to look at it because you could name a bunch of random players that had a big game. I can't put Lorenzo styles in the category of established player because he had one good game. I can't put Blake Fisher or Joe alt. Those are the two established guys. So for the Notre Dame offense, Ryan, they're going to need more. And that means to me, at least a couple more guys have to emerge as big time players this year. And I want to stay on the offensive line and I could see Joe Walt being this guy, but the guy I'm going with is Blake Fisher, because I think if we're just talking, look, I think Joe Walt is going to be a, a, to me, a better version of Liam Eikenberg because I think he's bigger and longer than Liam was. And that's saying a lot because you know how high I was on Liam Eikenberg. I think Joe Walt showed me star potential last year. So you could throw him into that category, but again, it was for six games against a pretty weak schedule. You know, let's let's see, you know, how he moves. I think he's going to break out and be a really good player. The reason I'm going with Blake Fisher is because I think Blake Fisher is their most talented offensive lineman, and I don't think it's that close. I agree. And that says more about how great I think Blake Fisher can be. Now, the key for Notre Dame is they need Blake to play like it, at least for chunks of the season this year. I don't expect Blake as a as a basically a redshirt freshman with a game and a half under his belt to play like Robert Hainsey did in 2020. I'm not asking him to do that. But I do think he is more Quentin Nelson than he is Mike McGlinchey. In that, you know, Mike even was really good in 2015, but he was inconsistent. You know, he, he is Blake needs to be like Quentin Nelson was when he stepped in. Because here's the thing, that game and a half that he had last year was a game and a half more than, Mike, than Quentin Nelson played as a freshman. Right. And then Quentin Nelson came out in 2015 and was a dude. I mean, yeah. week after week was a dude. I think Blake has that kind of ability. And from everything I've told, I've been told about the work he's put in this offseason, but more importantly, how well he's taken to Coach Eastan, like Blake is eating it up. Like he wants Coach Eastan kicking him in the butt. That's what I've been told. Now, we'll see how that plays out in the season. But I've been told Blake wants that. He, Which tells me, what does that tell me, Ryan? Why is that important? It tells me Blake wants to be great. Yes. Not wants to be great like all of us. Oh, I want to be great. Okay. But Blake really wants to be great to the point where he wants to work to be great. That's the difference. Because everybody, almost everybody wants to be great. Well, I want to grow up and be a you know spy and do, you know, be James Bond. Okay. Well, you in real life, you got to do this. You got to go to SEAL. You know, you got to go to train. You gotta, oh, I want to be a Navy SEAL. Okay. Well, here's what you got to do. <laughs> I don't do all that. Like, you know, I don't like people yelling at me. I'm not sitting in the cold. I don't like the water. You know, do you want to put in the work to be great? And from what we're hearing and what I'm hearing, Blake is embracing that. And right. and that's why he's the – again, not that Joe's not. It's just, again, it goes back to with Blake. It's he's got the – he's the most talented kid that they have. Mm-hmm. I would argue that just God-given ability and potential, he's their most physically gifted player on the offensive roster, period. I do not expect him to be better than Mike, McGlin- Mike Michael Mary this year. But sure. I think at his – best some point in time down the road he could be as good as anybody that's played in there in the last 10 years not named quentin nelson in my opinion that's fair that's fair 
So how much of that do we see this year? That's going to be important if this Notre Dame football team is going to really have the kind of offensive line that then becomes a great line. So I'm almost kind of like I'm expecting Joe Walt to at least be a really steady week after week player. Will Joe Alt be a dominant guy? No, that's why I compared him to Liam Eikenberg. Blake Fisher has a chance to be dominant to where it's third and one. And I don't care who you're playing. You're running behind that guy. And that's and running behind him can also mean, you know, zone away because you're cutting back behind him. You get the point. But he is who you're game planning to be to 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 utilize when the game's on the line. And I don't care who you're going against. That was Quentin Nelson in 2016 to 2017. It needs to be Blake Fisher in 2022. I think for me, this is a fantastic comparison between Joe Alton and Blake Fisher because they're always going to be coupled together, right? Because they're the bookends, which is really fun. I would agree with you. Blake definitely has the most upside out of the two. With the st- We talked about the style differences, right? Yesterday, the left tackle versus right tackle. You like Joe Alt at left tackle because he's kind of not passive, but like he's very – he just kind of lets things happen, right? And he's kind of, uh, you know, going to take good angles and he's going to play with good technique and he's going to play with good footwork. Blake Fisher, I would say this. Here's a, here's a comparison, Brian. Ready? Mm-hmm. I think that Joe Alt is an eliminator while Blake Fisher's an annihilator. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like he is going to, Joe Alt, you, he's just going to, you're going to kind of forget about Joe Alt because he's just doing his job. He's doing it well. He's mm-hmm. playing at a high level. But he's not going to like he's not going to blow every guy off the ball and pancake everyone, right? Like he's going to play with good angles, not give up a ton of pressures. Like that's going to be the best of Joe Alt, and that's great. You need that at left tackle. Blake Fisher's going to make a highlight reel, right? Like he's going to mm-hmm. put guys on his back. And to your point, the big moments when you need that fourth and one, that third and two, whatever mm-hmm. it is, that is your guy. So I agree with you completely. For me. Joe Walt is good, has the upside of being a very good to great player at Notre Dame. I think Blake Fisher has a chance to being a elite. I don't want to call him generational mm-hmm. because I guess Quentin Nelson is a part of this generation, right? But it could be a generational right tackle because Notre Dame's had some really good right tackles. But I think I would argue that Blake Fisher has the most upside of any right tackle that's played at Notre Dame over the last X amount of years, right? And he also has this in him where he's a tone setter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's your guy where you're like, that guy is just annihilating those dudes. Like they don't, he is the type of player like Quentin Nelson in this vein that I think can make defensive players quit. I think that he, like everyone talks about the Quentin Nelson play against USC. Rasheem Green. Yeah. Rasheem Green. And just, you know, the A guy third turns back to round him. draft pick. Yeah. Turn like he turns his back and he's just like, please stop blocking me. I'm good, man. I don't need yeah. this anymore. There's that's a no moss moment. That's what it was. Yes. hundred yes. percent. And that's what Blake Fisher gives me at his best. I think Blake Fisher can make people quit. And yeah. that's the difference. I think I, I, yeah. And then how much of that are we going to see this year? I, I, to your point? I mean, honestly, as I'm sitting there thinking about it, like forget right tackle. I think Blake Fisher has as much talent, if not more so than any offensive tackle Notre Dame has had in 20 years. I mean, I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to, I mean, go back to what Aaron Taylor, and that's only me recollecting Aaron Taylor as a 15-year-old. You know I mean? In my adult life, when I feel like I'm able to evaluate players, you know, so I got into coaching in 2001. So let's just kind of say from then on, I don't, I don't, I mean, with all due respect to Ronnie Stanley, I don't, I don't think that Ronnie Stanley has Blake's ability because I think Blake can match Ronnie athletically, but Blake is so much more powerful now than Ronnie was as a senior. 
And and that's kind of, so I, w- I would say that. Now, of course, we're not talking about Quentin Nelson because Quentin Nelson was a guard. But yes. just God-given ability, Blake has that kind of God-given ability. The question is, is will we see it consistently this year? And that's not a knock on Blake. That's more about him being a sophomore. And the only right. reason we don't have that same concern for Joe Alt is because we're assuming certain things that maybe we shouldn't because he is a kid who grew up playing, you know, grew up being taught offensive line play by someone who played in the National Football League for a decade and was a high draft pick. So that's kind of why – you know, we're not looking at it, but I think Blake's going to be good every game. I don't think Blake's going to be super up and down from like, oh my God, he gave up three sacks this game. It's more about, will he be dominant every week? And that's the question, because if he's as steady as Joe Alt, he will be dominant because he's right. just so much more physically gifted. And again, that doesn't take away from Joe Walt because Ryan and I both said, if Joe Walt continues progressing this way, we think he's a first round draft pick. It's just we think we think Ronnie Stan we think that Blake Fisher is more in the Quentin Nelson Ronnie Stanley type of draft range than he would be other guys and and again I, right. I think Mike McGlinchey's a he's more Mike McGlinchey than he is Quentin Nelson you may kind of scoff at that because Mike McGlinchey went ninth but I, I I think that that was a bit of an anomaly we you and I have talked about this I don't think he should have gone ninth I thought that was too high for him and that's kind of been proven out in the NFL again not. That Mike's a bad player. I mean, I think he had a bad year. Was it two years ago? Last year? Two, when, year, two years ago. Was you know, he but, was actually he played okay last year, but he yeah, got and he wasn't point, so, he wasn't yeah. bad the first this first you know year or two. I mean, he he just had a bad year in 2020, right? But yeah, the the point being that that he hasn't played like the number nine overall pick, and and I would That's imagine fair. you know if you could get him off the record, Mike might say that he might say that on the record. Mike's a pretty honest guy, pretty intelligent guy. He is, but but anyway. I just think that's what Blake can be. And mm-hmm. if they can get that out of him on with some sort of level of consistency, which is asking a lot for a sophomore, if we're being honest. Sure. But it, the reason I'm kind of saying is because I think Quentin was that way as a sophomore and, and you know, redshirt freshman. And, and I don't think the gap between Blake and Quentin is enormous. I don't. I really don't. From a talent and, perspective, yeah. you're talking, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just talent. Well, I mean, look, Blake was better as a first-year player than Quentin was because he played. He played. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know? Uh, Quentin obviously didn't didn't play. So it's a lot of pressure to put on him. But honestly, I think if you were to ask Blake, I think he kind of would like that. I think he thrives on that. It's great to see that he's working so hard this offseason, though, Brian, I would say, because Blake Fisher's one of those kids, though, and I know he's not like this, but he is one of these players where – he could just rest on his talent. He could be a good football player, right? Like mm-hmm. he could rest on his laurels and just like go through the motions every day. And he could still be a good football player. Cause he's just so physically gifted to your point. The fact that I saw him come in a little lighter than he was last year and the body just looks good. And it sounds like he's going taken to coach. He stands teaching fantastically. I'm excited to see how good this kid can mm-hmm. be, man. He has, it, I, I know that we, we overuse this sometimes when we say like unlimited upside, but if there's anybody on the roster right now for Notre Dame that has unlimited upside, it's sure. probably Blake Fisher. I mean, it, it, I don't think we – I mean, I know we haven't seen near his ceiling because we've literally only seen him in a game and a half. But, I mean, how good can right. this kid be? Could he be right. a top five pick in the draft? Like, I wouldn't put that out of question. I think he's that talented. But we'll right. we'll see how much we see of it this year for sure. Right. I think there's another young guy, I think, that has a chance to become that, and that's Lorenzo Styles. I think you mentioned him earlier. I don't know if I necessarily think that he has to play like that this year. I don't think he has to play a star. Lorenzo doesn't have to be a star this year. 
he deserves honorable mention because if he plays like one, this offense becomes really filthy. And I bring it up because if he plays this year like you think he's going to play this year or think he's capable of playing this year, actually you've predicted it. I mean, you're it's one of your sort of your your bold predictions for the years. You think Lorenzo is going to play like that. Yes. If that happens and make this offense really, really good. There's yes. no doubt. There is one other player that I think needs to needs to break out and be that kind of star player. I don't think he has to do it week after week, mm-hmm. but there needs to be at least three or four performances this season, and hopefully they're timed correctly for like, I don't know, like September 3rd, uh, October 8th, November 5th, and then the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And of course, that is Ohio State, BYU, Clemson, and USC games. And you know, may need to the Saturday before Thanksgiving, maybe uh, it, you know, against Boston College. But that's Tyler Buckner. Yes, uh, you know, I, I think I think Tyler Buckner needs to have some flashes like that. When when you when you look at just if they're going to be if they're going to be because this is the this is the standard, right? The standard is are you can you can, are you a championship caliber football team? Notre Dame cannot be that this year if. Tyler Buckner is not does not show flashes of of being that kind of guy. Hundred percent, just can't. You're not gonna because you look at 2012 and ever did what he did. You're not gonna beat Ohio State or USC or Clemson, in my opinion, thirteen to six like you beat USC or I mean Michigan in 2012, thirteen to six. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. don't see it. Maybe mm-hmm. Clemson, but even then, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see you being able to hold them to six points. Not that right. this defense isn't great, but that that. It just it's a different era. It's a different team. They're better than what Michigan was. Michigan wasn't good that year. They were just okay. I know they were highly ranked, but they going in the season, but they were not a very good football team that year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're you're just gonna have to be able to score points. You're not gonna do to Ohio State's offense what you did to Oklahoma's offense in 2012 because this is a much better offense. They have a much better quarterback. Yeah. And um, you know. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. So he needs to he needs to be able to carry this team at times, hundred percent, and and especially the big games. Now, does he got to play like Bryce Young did last year? I think he only has to do that once for Notre Dame to run the table. I don't think he needs to play like Bryce Young for Notre Dame to, to go twelve and zero every week. He just needs to play like Bryce Young once, and that's. September 3rd. And that's asking a lot for a kid in his first career start against Ohio state, but we need to see that from Tyler Buckner at times. And and will we, I don't know. I I'm confident. I I really am looking forward to seeing Tyler Buckner play this year. I really am. But if take away sort of the prediction rooting thing and just analysis, he needs to be that guy at times. And there's going to be one game. You know what? Let me, let me take it back. Right. I'm going to say he's got to do it twice. September okay. 3rd is the other one, but there's going to come a game this year and it happens to every defense where they just don't have it. They don't have it that day. And you've got to step up offensively. And 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 I do say it happens to every team because I'm going to go back to last year. Yeah, Georgia going into that SEC title game, their defense didn't have it that day. And they got stomped because their offense couldn't answer the bell because Stetson Bennett is not going to get into a shootout with Bryce Young if his defense is not stopping the other team. It's just not going to happen. There's there's going to be times where if you're a defensive-oriented football team where your offense is going to have to step up. In 2015, 
Alabama's offense did that against Clemson. Mm-hmm. They stepped up. Now, their special teams helped, and Nick Saban with that brilliant uh, onside kick call, which I thought was huge, sure, which said a lot about how he thought about his defense's ability to stop Deshaun Watson that day. Uh, you know, but but Jacob Coker stepped up and it was a very mediocre quarterback his entire career. Jacob Coker mm-hmm. was, but you know what? He was good that day. Right. He had some big throws that day. I'm thinking of the big one to Jake. I mean, get through for 335 yards. Jacob mm-hmm. Coker was a mediocre quarterback his entire career, if we're being honest. You know, but when it when in the biggest game of his career, going against the best quarterback he's ever faced, with his defense struggling. Dude stepped up and threw for 335 yards and two touchdowns, right? Yep. yep. There's going to there's gonna become a time where your defense is just not going to have it, whether it's in a regular season game against BYU or Boston College or whether it's a postseason game. That's the other time. But I'm more looking the regular season. It may be BC on senior day. It may be BYU. It may be Stanford. It, I don't know when it's going to be. It may be North Carolina. There will be a game this year where the Notre Dame defense just doesn't have answers. And it right. happened to Georgia last year. It's happened to Alabama in the past. I mean, Alabama gave up 40 points one year in a regular season game in a year where they were a playoff team to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It happens to everybody. And that was back when Alabama was winning games, like, you know, on defense. You know, they lost uh, 49. They they won 49 to 42 against Texas A&M in, in 2013. Defense didn't have it against Johnny Football that day, Right. And the offense was able to step up. Well, guess what? The year before, defense couldn't stop Johnny Manziel either and actually gave up, but gave up, you know, fewer points well, two years prior, right? Uh, actually, well, that, that wasn't even Johnny football in 2013, was it? He was gone. In, or well, no, he was there in 2013. Was it Ken uh, Hill? It might have been. It might have been. I'm trying to Ken, think of that. Or, or, or Kenny True. No, it was, it was 2012. Him, right? In 2012, Johnny football ran all over him. So, yeah, yeah. it was 2013. It was, it was Johnny Manziel. But mm-hmm. they lost to AM in 2000, uh, 2012, and they only gave up 29 points. Offense right. couldn't step up and save them that day. The next year, they gave up 42 points to Texas AM, but still won because the offense stepped up that year. You know, So, again, there's going to be days like that. Whenever that day comes, Tyler's got to step up and be able to put the team on his shoulders and say, I got this. And yeah. to me, with all due respect, that's going to be the difference between Tyler Buckner being what we think he could be or him being just like every other quarterback Notre Dame has had for several years. Ian yeah. book was a nice kid, steady kid. He was not, here's the thing about Ian book. He was not going to get you beat, but he wasn't going to beat those teams and he wasn't going to be able to put a team on his shoulders and the offense didn't defense didn't have it. And it, with anything it was the defense kind of saving him more often than not, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, Jack Cohn, love Jack Cohn. He wasn't that guy. He wasn't a guy that could put a team on his shoulders and say, I got this. He needed the parts around him to be working. And if they were, Jack was really good. But if they weren't, he, he wasn't a guy that could just run around and scramble or throw the ball 65, 70 yards down. It just wasn't who he was. That's not a knock on him. It's just reality. Yeah. Tyler has that ability. Will he be able to show it? Find out. So that's my long, my long I'm, tangent on that. I love it, man, because, I mean, you hit a key, couple key parts for me. This is a cliche scouting term for a second, but I think Tyler might have the it to him, man. And there is something – you talked a lot about like the defense not having on a given day. There's also going to be days where the offense just is not working at the pace or the efficiency that you want it, right? And there are a couple players in Notre Dame's offense I think can get you out of that, right? Like I, I think of like Chris Tyree just needs a crease and he can break something. And he can kind of flip momentum. Michael Mayer can do that. Mm-hmm. I think Lorenzo Styles 
could do that, but he's a little more of a question mark because we just haven't seen it tangibly as much yet. But I think Tyler Buckner is absolutely that guy, Brian. It's like mm-hmm. if things aren't going well, it just takes one big play, breaking the tack- breaking a tackle in the backfield, running for a huge first down, completing a pass outside of structure. He has that type of makeup to him where I look at him and I say, you can make something go when everything around you is chaotic and it is right. not working. That's what he brings to the game. And I think it's different to your point than what Notre Dame has had, you know, like Ian could do some stuff outside of structure at times, but a lot of the times when he was getting outside of structure, it was because he didn't trust what was in structure before he got out of pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that you were absolutely correct. And I think it's a lot to ask of a sophomore. That's going to be what a 19, 20 year old kid, whatever Tyler Buckner is going to be during the season, but they need it. Like you need it. Right. Like the, I think that's the biggest differences between the great teams and what has been a good to very good team mm-hmm. is that Clemson can find their guy in the Sean Watson or Trevor Lawrence that could do that for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Alabama could find their guy in spurts with a two Oh, you know, coming off the bench against Georgia in the national championship game or at Bryce young having the season that he had as a redshirt freshman, like those programs have had spurts of finding that guy. And I think that Tyler Buckner in recent memory gives Notre Dame the best chance to have their guy. Mm-hmm. And he has that type of dynamic ability. Again, right. we haven't seen it right. yet. So but we didn't see it from Bryce one. Young last year or C.J. Stroud going into last year either. That's, I guess, kind of my, my frustration point. is why yeah. don't Notre Dame fans – like why is there this assumption, not Notre Dame fans, from media, people like that, that, well, Buckner's – you know, like, okay, okay, why? Because of recruiting rankings? Okay, fine, whatever. But yeah. – like CJ Stroud had zero career passes going into last year. He but he was mm-hmm. talented and he had talent around him. Right. Sure. We Bryce Young's a little bit of a different animal because he is so advanced. Like mm-hmm. I get I get that that one I kind of get. But right. who saw Tyler Van Dyke turning into what he was last year? You know what I mean? Like he wasn't exactly that guy. I mean, we've seen it time and time and time again. Why is there an assumption that it's not happening when they're name? Well, I get why, because in the past that's what's been the reality. It's the perception guys. is the reality, yeah. but my response right. has always been Notre Dame has actually been at its best when they did have a first time starter quarterback like 2012, 2015, 2018. The three best years in Notre Dame yeah. history were not history. Brian Kelly's tenure, in my opinion, yeah. were yep. three years in which you had a first time starting quarterback take the predominant number of reps because Ian Book was a first time starter. And because I, I don't count the one time, you know, he didn't play much better against North Carolina in 2017 in a start than than Tyler Buckner did in 2021 against Virginia tech. Right. Cause he was filling it. Cause it was game was over by the second, you know, third quarter. So that was a crap North Carolina team. It wasn't at Virginia tech the way it was last year. So to me, I look at it, Ryan, and, and this is actually when Notre Dame has been at their best. If we're going to be completely honest, was is when they've had a first year quarterback, the teams don't have to ever read on, but he's really talented because Everett was really talented. Deshaun, was really talented. And even Malik was a first-year starter. He had a start against LSU. And in that game, he threw under 100 yards passing, right? Mm -hmm. He ran a lot, but look what he turned into, yeah. right? And then Deshaun steps in. And then 2018, of course, Tyler or Ian steps in for Brandon. The one, the one, Ian's a little bit of a difference because Ian was a third-year player at that time. So it's a little bit different. But I would argue that Tyler Buckner has a lot more talent than Ian Book had, physical talent oh, than Ian Book. Oh, I, I agree completely. And that's a great point, though, Brian, is that the 
the qualms I think with the quarterback development for Notre Dame have been second years, right? Like a full off season as the starter. Now, mm-hmm. can you take your game to the next level? Right. So maybe, I mean, I, I think that that maybe even justifies that maybe there should be a lot of, a lot of, you know, there should be a lot of upside and expectations for a Tyler Buckner in year one. I guess the biggest thing is if this is a different era of Notre Dame football, Maybe 2023 is the better indicator as far as like development from the quarterback position, but I could not agree more with the fact that Notre Dame needs Tyler Buckner this year. Mm-hmm. Like they need him. He's he is the most, yeah, I'll say it, he's the most dynamic player on this offense, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I Chris Tyree has the most dynamic straight line speed. Michael Mayer's your dude, best tight end in college football, in my opinion. If you want to argue Brock Bowers, I'll listen to your argument. That's fine but there's only one player that I think can kind of alter a game in so many different areas. And that is Tyler Buckner. He is the ultimate, he's the ultimate game breaker. If he's working both from a passing and a running perspective at a high level, he's unstoppable in my mm-hmm. opinion. So that's what we need. That's what Notre Dame needs. Mm-hmm. If he does that, Ryan, this Notre Dame team is going to be really, really good. If he doesn't do that and he's just, eh, okay. They're a 10 and two team, nine and three or worse. And but that's the difference. I mean, it, it to me, it is that simple. That again, but that has to assume. But here's the thing: you still need your other stars to play like stars. But if Tyler is a dude, and Mayer's just same guy he was two years ago, and Lorenzo Styles is just a good player, and Chris Tyree is just a good player, and the other guys are just good players, this is a really good offense. He has that kind of dynamic ability. And that's what he brings to the table. If he plays like that and Michael Mayer simply just repeats what he did last year, that is it. If Lorenzo Styles is just a good player, right, and just repeats kind of Kevin Austin's performance with some, with a little bit more consistency, if Jared Patterson's the same guy he's always been and Joe, Joe Walton, Blake Fisher are just solid tackles, this team's going to be dynamic because that's the kind of ability that Tyler Buckner brings to the table. The question again, the talent's not the question. Will he yeah. show it in when it matters most, which is on Saturdays? That's going to be the bigger question. 100%. So that's going to do it for this portion of the show. We're going to have a mailbag next, so don't go anywhere. We're not done yet. we got plenty plenty more to talk about, and there's some really good questions we've had so far. Keep, keep them coming. I'm not even – I'm only at 2.08 right now, Ryan, in, in the question starring. So I still have about 40 minutes work to get to to find some more questions. So I'll do those during some of your, your answers. Uh, but before we move to the mailbag, please, for y'all, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and share this podcast. If you're listening via podcast, give us a five-star review. Uh, we appreciate that very, very much. Thank mm-hmm. you.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.